Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, welcome to the Man With No Plan podcast with your host, Dominic Villa. And today I have a very special guest, one of the one of the trailblazers of Waco's art scene. Uh, today I have the one and only Fiona Bond. Hey, hi Dominic. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. It's great to be here. For sure, for sure. I'm, I'm really uh, appreciative that you came by today. I'm excited to tell your story. Uh, first, I'll just ask you, how are you doing? Um, I am trying to stay cool <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. For sure. For sure. Um, so I want to go ahead and just jump right into it, Fiona. Um, I want to kind of get a little bit into your background. Um, I read that you are from Kent, England, correct? Yes, that's where I was born. Although I was raised in various different places and I've had a, the privilege of living in five different countries. Um, but yes, Kent was where I was born, Garden of England. I lived closer to France than to London. It's the gotcha. far southeast of England. Gotcha. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of a kid at heart. So when I looked up Kent, I seen that it was like an hour away from Sandwich, yes, England. And I was yes, just <laughs> joking. Sandwich is wrong, where sandwiches <laughs> were invented. And actually, we were very close to the coast. And my uncle was a ferry captain. Gotcha. And so we would go, we would jump on the ferry. He would allow us to go up to the bridge. I guess it was before people were worried about, <laughs> you know, whether people might blow up a ship or something. But right. um, it was um, it was so fun because as a kid, I got to just hop on the ferry and go to France. And we would, you know, go and have lunch in France and then come back wow. for bedtime. <laughs> wow. Some beautiful uh, views out there, I imagine. Yes. Yeah, it was um, a pretty place to grow up. So was art a big part of your life growing up? It really was. And my mom was an artist. She's now, um, she's passed away, but um, she was a wonderful visual artist um, and creative thinker, I would say. Um, my grandparents, all four grandparents were creatives. Uh, two of them were musicians. Um, two of them were visual artists. And, um, you know, really they, they, my parents and my grandparents steeped me in creative experiences from when I was little. And I was in an education system that really prioritized creativity. And so to me, that was entirely normal um, to go to several plays a week, to see art exhibitions, to be surrounded by people who were making things just was that was the you know, that was the water that I was swimming in. That's, that's pretty neat. I, um I have a very similar upbringing in that at, at that. the Waco Montessori. Well, not Waco Montessori, excuse me. I have a similar upbringing to that at the Montessori school that I went to yeah. as it was filled with arts from 
Monet to O'Keefe, just stuff like that, just like plastered yeah. over the wall in all of our hallways. And for me growing up in the neighborhood that I grew up in, I didn't see art. Uh, it was it was at school that I was exposed to stuff like that. And, and um, it does make a big impact on a child. Yeah. When they, when they get exposed to that. And I bet you felt in that environment that you were, when you were having fun, you know, when you look back on it later, you were learning such a lot, but yes. it was fun and it was creative and it kind of got your whole brain working. And that kind of immersive education experience For is sure. so rich and so powerful. And you know, it forms us, right? Yeah. That certainly formed me. For sure, for sure. Before we get too far, I do want to speak about um, a little note that I have that I read about your great-grandmother. Uh, yes. She has a very cool, or your your, great, your grandma as well, but also your great-grandmother uh, as far as the, uh, the Olympics go. Yeah, she was one of the very first women to be allowed to compete in the Olympics. Um, so she was a gymnast and she competed in the very, the Amsterdam Olympics. Um, they were the very first Olympics where women were allowed to, it was considered very risque and very daring, but they were allowed to compete <laughs> in gymnastics. And when you look at the photos of the tunics they were wearing, I mean, basically that's, they were wearing more than I would wear on a typical <laughs> Friday night, but, um, they, uh, it was very modest and it was very, it was very gentle. It was um, what we call gymnastics now. I mean, they were not flipping across the floor or anything, but it was considered to be very daring for a, a women's team to compete in the Olympics. And she was one of the very first in that squad. She had already been a mother at that point. Wow. And that wow. is even more incredible to me. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up because it's such a, a groundbreaking fact. You yeah. know, um, she was brave. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I also want to ask you too: um, Was there a culture shock when you came here? You know, not as much as you would think. And the reason for that is because when I was a kid, age eight to ten, we lived in Houston for mm. a couple of years, and my my father worked for Shell, and um, he actually ended up being the research strategist for Shell UK. Oh. But um, we came to Houston for two years, and so I already knew what it was like to live in Texas. <laughs> And actually, the, when we moved here, my kids were that same age. And so I felt like this was history repeating itself. It Absolutely. was really bizarre how that happened. Um, and my husband is originally from the U.S. I've spent chunks of time in the U.S. ever since I was eight years old. <laughs> and so it wasn't a huge culture shock. I knew to prepare myself for some of the things that were different. But there were some things that are unique to Central Texas Definitely. for sure. And and actually a lot of those things are utterly beguiling and wonderful. Um, but some of them were a bit of a surprise to the system as well. Sure. So it did take a while to get used to living and working here. Um, but it wasn't as much of a shock as it might have been if I had not had those earlier experiences. Yeah, that's true. I bet coming straight from here, coming straight from there to yeah. here in adulthood, I bet that would be a very much so... Yes. Yeah, because it's more, you know, we share a language, um, but there are a lot of cultural things that are very different. For sure. For sure. Um, speaking on culture, uh, I want to ask you something fun. Could you <laughs> <Yeah>. give me <laughs> could, you, could you give me uh, three of your favorite albums of any genre? OK, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing you about uh, about to ask this, and it's like choosing my favorite children. Bet, you know, it's kind of I work with so many <laughs> artists of all genres that it's incredibly difficult. So what I 
What I tried to figure out is well, what's been really defining as like sure. a punctuation point, because truly the, the truthful answer to your question is probably the last three albums I listened to. And I love so much that's happening in Waco. Mm. You know, I love all the things that DJ Size and Prescription sure. are doing. I love the kind of emerging hip hop scene. Um, I love the things that Keep Waco Loud are doing. There are so many great artists in sure. Waco. Um, but I can't pick among them. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, so I've tried to think about things that have been really kind of defining moments for, for sure. me in my life. Um, I'm going to say uh, number one is probably Mark Knopfler's Local Hero um, album. It was music that he wrote for a Good. movie which was set in Scotland. I wanted to be played at my funeral. So, you know, if I die anytime soon, this is what needs to be played. Um, but Local Hero was a beautiful movie. And there's a lot about that that has really resonated for me, especially because it's about an American Scottish kind of interaction. But also, I just love Mark Knopfler as a guitarist, uh -huh. and that's so evocative. And it's actually that um, the tune that he wrote, which is called Coming Home, which is everyone's heard it. It's it actually also resonates with um, a lot of time that I spent in the northeast of England um, because it's the football team. It's it's um, it's the it's what's sung before every football game cool. for um, Newcastle United. Gotcha. Gotcha. And um, then it's also played at our church here by Kathy Johnson, who's an amazing pianist, and it's been played at several funerals of people I really love. Wow. So it's that really resonates. I yeah. can't listen to it without bursting into floods of tears. <laughs> um, but then my nephew, Devin Lougheed, in Canada, and his um, wife, Gina Kennedy, um, they have a group called Altered by Mom. And cool. it is the coolest group. They're kind of an out-rock group. Yeah. And they've written songs like My Heart is Larger Than the Ribs That Contain It, which I just, wow. oh my gosh, I love that so yeah. much. It's high production. It's hilarious. It's evocative. Again, it makes me cry. Anything that makes me cry. And I don't cry that Pretty easily. touching. <laughs> and then, um, okay, my third pick is Nigel Kennedy, who's a violinist. This is, I'm a classical yeah. um, musician. I love it. Well, and I play the bagpipes as well, but yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of doesn't count. I do love the Red Hot Chili Pipers, okay. who are a bagpipe rock band <laughs> that I try to emulate every so often. Not always very successfully. <laughs> but the, um, Nigel Kennedy did an album that was kind of, it was this really daring classical album. And it's now fairly old and loads of people are doing this, but he was kind of the first. So it was Vivaldi's Four Seasons, where he really, he didn't rock it up, but he just made it so yeah. relevant. I think anything that is relatable and for relevant sure. really speaks to me. Gotcha, gotcha. I love it. I love to hear that, <laughs> for sure. That's very diverse. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's very. Cool. I love it. Um, <laughs> and then in the next, uh, I'd like to ask you your top three movies. See again. I know it's tough. Um, it's and tough. I'm going to say truly anything that is shown at Deep in the Heart Film Festival yeah, yeah. is powerful. I mean, that film festival just pulls at the heartstrings again sure. and it always makes me cry. Um, I, it sounds like I cry very easily. <laughs> <laughs> True, hey. The arts take me to that. Yeah, place. the arts do it. They can do um, it. But if I had to pick um, ones that have just been, like again, really influential for me. Um, my Big Fat Greek Wedding, um, which I loved the movie, but I actually had it playing as I was in labor with my younger oh, wow. son. And it was the best experience. The midwives kept coming into the labor, you know, the room. It, I, was, I had a water birth with him. 
And we were just laughing and laughing because yeah. that movie, I knew it it's really hilarious. well. It's so <laughs> funny. And it made that birth very straightforward. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and so, you know, f- I, I'm forever grateful to that movie for guessing me through yeah, yeah. that <laughs> moment. And plus, I love the movie. Um, Black Panther. Um, because movie. I love, it is amazing. I it's, love Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. I love how every aspect took creativity to the nth Definitely. degree. Like the music, the costumes, the set, yep. the cinematography, the script, everything. For yep. a superhero movie, it was a whole new yep. level of amazing. For sure. And I love the way that it used the power of all of those creative expressions to cast a completely different vision about who we could be, what we could be, how we could dare to think differently, Definitely. change structures, all of that kind of thing. And then I'm a bit of a groupie for um, Lord of the Rings. Lord trilogy. of the Rings. You know, again, fantasy and, you know, how we can reimagine sure. bravery, the journey, things that challenge us. You know, it's introspective as well as epic. Sure. I love that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's a solid <laughs> list. That's a solid <laughs> list from music to movies. Uh, I think I watched Black Panther like four times. Oh, my gosh. In theaters. Yes. <laughs> I could watch so. it dozens of times. <laughs> I'm right with you. Um that's great. And 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 the last two movies, the one of the common themes for those movies, Lord of the Rings and Black Panther, uh, they have a sort of a escapism yes. in those movies. Yeah. Um, that really is very powerful to see, you know, especially Black Panther, you see a lot of representation. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just great how art can do that. Um in your experience in your experience with art, um, what is some of the most like impactful themes that art has what are some of the most impactful themes that art has for you? Mm. That's a great question. And I think you've hit on some of that. It allows us, it gives us this space sure. for reimagining ourselves in a completely different way and test driving things that we can't do in real life or at mm. least are hard to do in real, real life. And the other thing that, you know, all those kinds of things, you know, when you talk about a, an album or a movie, I'm not just thinking about, those things as products or my experience what I'm also thinking of is how that's intersected with community for me how that's connected me to other people and other parts of my life because I think that shared experience is that's the power of the arts we are we are given permission through creative pursuits to come alongside other people who might not be like us and might not have experienced the world like us but we can share an experience in real time and space and that connects us in in ways that allow us to be greater than the sum of the parts you know the whole becomes greater than the sum of the parts we've seen in the last couple of years so much disconnection so many ways that we can be horrible as human beings but also so many ways we can be amazing and i i believe passionately that the arts that creative muscle that we flex is what draws us closer to each other, what gives us shared imagination, shared vision for what we could be, and shared experiences that give us a commonality and connection that allow us then to have conversation and to, you know, we, uh, there are so many people who um, might have had a completely different experience in life to me, but if we've both seen the same movie, we instantly have something to talk about, something to connect us. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. No, that that's um, you said a mouthful for sure. And I hope everyone <laughs> who's listening or watching, I think uh, that is a perfect perfect example of uh, the 
the impact of uh, you know not not just film or music, but just the arts in general, yeah. and also an example of Fiona just having such a, a such a art driven mindset, uh, you know, and being not only art driven but community focused and community driven. I think those are very two powerful things, and uh, we'll get more into that here in a few moments. We're gonna take a quick commercial break and then come right back to it. We're going to dive a little bit more into Fiona uh, and her brain as it works so uh, (laughs) greatly, and we'll be right back. What's up, y'all? This episode was brought to you by Alados Azteca. Find them on Franklin Avenue on Carport or right off of North Valley Mills in the shopping center next to Smalls. Also, this episode was brought to you by We Grow the Code. They handle marketing where you can handle business. Welcome back, y'all, to the Man With No Plan podcast. Um, We're here today with Fiona. She is talking all about the arts and the impact that it has on us, and I'm so blessed for her to be here today. Uh, We're going to jump back into it, and I want to start by asking you, how do you stay motivated in a position that requires so much? You know, you understand what it's like because you bring so much to the table all the time with what you do. And um, you, I'm sure you can predict what my answer to this is going to be, that I surround myself with amazing people. They inspire me and they motivate me all the time. Um, I have an incredible husband who, he is an extreme introvert, so a lot of people have no idea even that I'm married. But he's an incredible support to me and so my my kids. Um, But anyone who knows the Creative Waco team, knows how inspiring those people are. So working with people like Kennedy, Amanda, Mm -hmm. Stephanie, Sol, Brie, I mean, just an absolutely incredible team. For sure. And it is just the greatest of privileges to be working with them. Our board is incredible. Um, We just added Sakina Dixon to our team, and um, she's also doing an amazing job. You know, truly, that they all have such energy and ideas. And I think, you know, especially during the pandemic, when sometimes it was hard, especially in the creative and cultural sector, to um, to know where things were going next. Um, there was so much unpredictability. And uh, for a lot of communities, it was very devastating to their arts and cultural sure. sector. Um, Waco actually came out of that dark time um better than most communities and i put that entirely down to the strength of my team the um the board that we have because they kept the ideas flowing they kept it practical they kept it relevant and relatable they kept it okay we don't know what we can do next month but we know what we can do today we know what we can do next week Here are the problems that are stopping people from being successful today. Let's fix those. And we just kept doing that. And that ended up being really powerful. And so I think at a time when people most needed creativity but had least access to it, actually we managed to carve a pathway through that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there are definitely times when it is you look around at all the brokenness in the world and it is hard to find (laughs) hope and motivation in some of those moments um and my team itself you know we've had we've had medical issues and we've had um you know people have had personal issues that have mm-hmm. been very painful to deal with through that time and knowing that you have that incredible support system um knowing that we're surrounded by people for whom the value of hope is going to supersede 
for sure. Anything else is really powerful. Definitely, definitely. And I, I will say, um, I'll be one of the first to say that y'all have an all-star team. We do. Uh, in the organization. One thing that I love about Creative Waco is that it's one of the organizations, one of the few organizations that I've worked with that, like, the people care beyond the paycheck. Oh, yes. And um, y'all push the envelope every year of what Waco can be, especially in the Thank art you. scene. Um, and so, um, you know, just knowing you and knowing the organization for the last few years, uh, I've just seen the art scene in Waco just expand and expand and expand. Uh, because when I was growing up here, we didn't really have that at mm. all. Um, you know, being here all my life, we, especially in the early days, we didn't really go downtown. It was like, nah, like there's nothing to see. It's abandoned buildings, ab- abandoned buildings, vacated. Um, you know, it's just ran down. Um, and over time, um, you know, it started to change. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the beginning of Creative Waco for those that don't know. Um, is it on its fifth year? Um, we were formed in 2015. 2015. So, so yeah, s- we're yeah like seven. Let's count. One of them. I think seven. seven. Yeah. I think seven. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like we lost two years there. Right. Um, we kind of did and didn't at the same time. Yeah, year seven. Um, that seems incredible to me because it um, it still amazes me that anyone believed um, enough in our vision at the time to just go, you know what, we're going to put some money into this and mm-hmm. see what happens. And the board that we had in that very first month was absolutely incredible um, because it was just me yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and a group of people that um, really believed that Waco was ready to grow its artistic and cultural vision and mm-hmm. life and identity, um, but didn't really know how that was going to happen. And and a vision to, well, if we at least move towards getting a downtown cultural district, mm-hmm. then we know we can bring all the people to the table who need to be part of this conversation. Sure. And truly, I always give credit to um, Matt Meadows at the Chamber of Commerce, who gave us a home. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> um, we kind of emerged um, at the time. Chris McGowan was working at the Greater Waco Chamber and um, was kind of our point person and one of our formation foundational board members, mm-hmm. and is is still on our board. Um, he's actually our um, vice um, vice chair. But uh, he and Matt Meadows made it possible for us to have a home and an identity right from day one. And then Mayor uh, Malcolm Duncan and um, Dale Fissler, who was the city manager, both really believed that Waco needed kind of a Department of Cultural Affairs, Mm -hmm. but did not want it to be in the city um, because they'd seen models in other cities where you could be much more light on your feet if you had an an independent nonprofit Mm -hmm. leading the charge on those kinds of things. And that was actually the vision that I had had as well. Um, and then the Waco and Cooper Foundations. Those were the core team that made it all happen because there, you know, we had had about 10 years worth of strategic planning in Waco. I say we, I wasn't part of that because <laughs> I, was, um, I wasn't in Waco at that time. But um, Waco had had about 10 years of strategic planning from multiple organizations, each of which had di- identified cultural growth as a really core element of Waco's next stage. But there was no organization that was tasked with implementing those goals. And so that's what Creative Waco was from day one. We were the, you know, the commission on the arts. 
um, the you know the organization that was kind of envisioned as being the backbone organization for doing the behind the scenes work of all the things that are needed to grow the artistic and cultural life and community. For sure, for sure. That, um, like I said, the, the work that y'all have done is just, uh, you can't even put a word to it of how impactful it's been. Thank you. Um, that means such a lot. <laughs> it really does. Because, you know, sometimes if you're on the coal face, it doesn't, you don't see it every day. For sure, for sure. Yeah, no, and I know especially too, um, you know, like in some groups you have you have a local side of, of town or it's like very concentrated with people who are from here. And then mm. you have, uh, you know, transplants, people who have maybe been here for a little bit or been here for a while. I think Creative Waco brings everybody together the best of all the organizations that I've worked with so far. Uh, I think there are other organizations that do a great job as well. But I think, um, you know, just having that background of artwork or the background of arts and film and other uh, mediums like that I think that's a great way to bring people together that um, means so much to hear because <laughs> really that's our intention for sure yeah. y- y'all get it done every year um <laughs> we have know, some fun doing it too for sure for <laughs> we sure get to do cool stuff. <laughs> definitely um yeah well we, you know we'll we're about to wrap up here in a few but I, I really want to see if you had a message or what would you tell someone in the community who was born and raised here um, what would you like the community to know about Creative Waco? I think I'd like them to know that, you know, we never want to be the people out front. We always want to be shining the spotlight on the talent that is growing in this community. And if I had a call to action, it would be get involved, do cool stuff. Sure. It would certainly be like sign up for the Waco Insider because that is the best listing of all mm-hmm. of the great stuff that's going on in our community. If you do nothing else, make sure that you know what's going on because, you know, I. it used to be really hard to find out what was going on in this community and now Definitely. it's not. There's so much great stuff going on and WacoInsider.org has this you know great weekly email that mm-hmm. you can sign up for where you get a push in your inbox all the cool stuff that's going on and i think it's really easy for people who are not in the arts and cultural sector to support and be champions and cheerleaders in fact that's what we need most for sure we need audiences to grow we need people to pick musicians that they love and want to support We've got five new theatre companies in our community that has sprung up um, pre and during COVID. Mm. We've got, we had 12 new businesses that were part of our kind of um, arts business Mm. incubator program that sprung up or leveled up during COVID and are all thriving and doing amazing things. Everything from coaching gospel music through to um, quilt making uh, uh, workshops. And so there is literally something for everyone. There is really Mm. something for everyone to get involved in. And the great thing about growing cool artists and creatives is it becomes this wonderful positive cycle that attracts more activity, attracts more cool factor, attracts economic development, you know, all the things that we want to see that make a really vibrant, interesting community. Mm -hmm. And the more people participate, the more they'll enjoy I mean, our call to action is have fun. Definitely. <laughs> have fun and do cool things. For sure. Um, because that's actually what makes our community more connected, um, gives a greater sense of identity and pride, connectivity, mm-hmm. um, shared purpose and vision. It also helps to develop us as a destination. You know, we're 
one of the top cultural destinations in Texas, rising yeah. cultural destinations in Texas. Who would have thought that a few <laughs> years ago? Yep. Um, people come to Waco for obviously for Magnolia, but also for some of those add-on experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're now turning our vision to how do we grow professionalism? How do we support people of all kinds mm-hmm. in realizing their dreams? How do we sure. surround them with the support that they need? And sometimes that's funding. Sometimes that's connections. Oh. Sometimes that's coaching. Sometimes that's mental health support. <laughs> you know, it's all the yeah. things. But then also what kind of infrastructure do we need? So we are working with our city, county, chambers in what do we do next? Can we deliver a new performing arts center for downtown? And actually one of the things that I really want to see for this community is joining the dots between the technical capabilities that are needed to make that shine Mm -hmm. and the artistic and creative um, capabilities. Because... Right now, the where it's happening in terms of you know creative explosion is all in film, digital media, mm-hmm. music, fashion. All of those industries depend on people who have great film, digital media, sound, lighting, technical expertise um, as part of their creative portfolio. And so if we can figure out how to build facilities and create infrastructure that is going to cultivate those skill sets as well as people who are amazing dancers and yeah. actors and writers and visual artists. Put those things together and we will have the most exciting, innovative, yep. thrilling place to live that is going to become its own magnet. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I got chills thinking about that. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I encourage, um, especially the younger people in town, I really encourage you to look look more in the Creative Waco, um, you know, follow their socials and look through on their website. Y'all have some great programs, especially like the art apprenticeship. Yes. Um, you know, I love seeing kids from all different schools, University, Waco, Rappaport and beyond, just coming together, um, you know, and creating. And um, you are our mentor in that <laughs> program this year. I, I and we are thrilled to have you because you are, you know, those high school students mm-hmm. will look to you and go, yep. hey, here's a kid that came from my high school yep. that is doing really well and creativity is what is making his living. For sure. And, I mean, that is thrilling, especially for people who have not been surrounded by that before. Yep. It's really, it it has become such an amazing win for our for community, sure. for all the participants and then for the, from the, for the community because the incredible murals and yep. films that are produced. For sure, for sure. And one thing that I love that y'all do is you'll have a mural finder. And so anybody <laughs> yes. can find any mural, and that's great. I mean. An interactive map. Yeah, to, exactly. Yeah, discover exactly. the story behind each of the murals in <laughs> yep. our community. And, yeah. and just snap it up for yeah. sure. So, And actually that's something else we're wanting people's input on right now. Mm. We have a questionnaire out in the public domain in both English and Spanish to find out what people want, what kind of public art people want, what they like, what they don't like, what their opinions are. So um, that's something else that, you know, if I can do another call to action, it would be participate in that survey. There you go. Is that on y'all's socials? Like, can people find that? Mm -hmm. Okay, And on our website as well. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. So y'all heard her. Um, Check out the the socials and check out her website. Check out the Creative Wicca website. Um, Tons of info on there. And then take the survey, um, you know, we um, we can only get better with more feedback. So Absolutely. you know, hear, hearing from uh, hearing from you and hearing from the people in the community is what makes it better. So 
We um, have to be a learning organization. That's what creativity is. And yeah. so, yeah, we want that feedback all the time. For sure, for sure. So I am um, just blown away that you were able to come, come by today. Uh, I am it's thankful. It's a privilege. <laughs> I am thankful Dominic, to hear your story. You've made great things happen. <laughs> I'm a huge I'm a huge Dominic fan. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I thank you for being on today. And, thank um, you. I appreciate you coming on the Man With No Plan podcast. Well, I think you are definitely a man with a plan. But <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Don. Thank you, thank you. All right, peace. Hey, y'all. I want to say from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate y'all checking out the episode. Uh, I look forward to bringing them out every week. Stay tuned to the Instagram for more updates on who else I bring on. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, A Man With No Plan Podcast. Peace.